That song was called What Really Matters, and it's from the Dan Ashley Band. Dan Ashley is my guest today, and though it's not because of his musical talents, which he obviously has, it's because of his decades in journalism. If you're from the Bay Area, you know the name Dan Ashley. He has been with ABC7 News for 27 years, I believe, and 26 of those, he's been the anchor. He comes into your living room every evening, every night with news of the day, sometimes breaking news, sometimes tragic news, and sometimes great news. That's one thing that I really admire about Dan, his balance, his fairness. And several years ago, he started a segment called What Really Matters. Uh, It's just a minute or so at the end of a broadcast, maybe once a week. And it's his chance to talk about what matters to him. A lot of journalists these days weave their opinions into their news reports, not Dan. I've found him to be balanced and fair and reporting the news as facts. But what really matters gives him an opportunity to talk about what really matters to him. And sometimes it's very timely in the case of maybe wildfires or riots. Sometimes uh, it's something that you wouldn't even think of, but it makes you think. And I'm so glad to have him as my guest today. I hope you enjoy it. Dan, thank you so much for joining me on your Daily Chocolate today. Patty, I am thrilled to be here. What a great podcast and what a great idea for a podcast. We need this at this time. That's what I think, too. <laughs> um, just, you know, something to make people smile, to make them laugh, to, to inspire them. And um, I I, Dan, you've been doing that for so many years on air. Just recently, uh, I don't know exactly when, but you started your what really matters segment. And so I'm kind of wondering what, what prompted you to do that? You know, it's interesting, Patty, you're kind of asked about it. I do this, uh, every Friday to end the evening broadcast. Sometimes if I'm off on Fridays, we do it Thursday or as uh, recently during this terrible, uh, shooting that happened at the school, uh, in Uvalde, I do it in the middle of the week, whenever it seems appropriate. And I actually started doing it many years ago, and then we stopped for a time, and then I brought it back. And it's a, it's basically, it's a commentary, and it puts events of the day in a certain perspective that I sort of find compelling or interesting. And I write about whatever I wish, and um, I'm very grateful for the chance to to offer that. It's not political. It's not an editorial in that sense. It's just a commentary and a chance to talk about things and frame news of the day in a different way. I love it. And I think um, I've, I've talked to people, told them that you were going to be on the podcast and, and opinion is common among all of my friends that you are one of the few reporters that really presents things in a fair and balanced way. And I feel like what really matters gives you a chance to give your opinion uh, while still reporting things factually. And, and here's what Dan Ashley thinks. How much does the network censor you or do they at all? <laughs> they, they, I'm very fortunate. They don't at all. They, they trust me to do whatever I think is best. They literally, uh, Patty, and you're very kind to say that. One of, let me backtrack and just say <laughs> that one of the things I'm, I try very hard to do is be impartial and objective as a reporter. I think that's uh, incumbent upon what I do and what we do. And it's a, it's a value for me and it's important to do it. Uh, so with what really matters, you know, as I said, I'm sort of on the side of angels. It's not political. You're not going to be able to tell if I'm a Democrat or a Republican or if I did, you know, none of that. Um, 
but the, the station and the network uh, support me fully. And to be honest, they don't even know what I'm going to write about or do until it hits the air. They see it for the first time when it comes on. Really? And oh yeah, they have no idea what I'm doing. And I appreciate that a great deal. They just trust me because it has to be my commentary. It has to be right. what I feel like talking about for it to be authentic. I write every word and I get a couple of friends at work, um, most notably usually Spencer Christian, my dear, dear friend, to just glance over it and make sure it comes across the way I intend. And that's it. So, uh, you know, um, they let me go on with what I think is appropriate. I love that. And, and I know you always end it with, and let me know what you think. So what, what resonates the most with your listeners? What really engages? You know, it's interesting. It just depends on uh, the subject matter that week. Sometimes things that are very emotional, for example, mm -hmm. what happened in Uvalde, uh, certainly got a lot of reaction. What happened, you know, we've had, I've done a number of pandemic related uh, commentaries over uh, the last couple of years. Those resonate. I think what tends to resonate, Patty, are things that, that, people can relate to because it affects their lives directly or that it's something that is has an impact on them or their lives a visceral emotional reaction to something for example the, the tragedy at, at Uvalde or something like the pandemic or the economy uh, or something that directly affects them and and you know the amount of comments I get back vary from week to week depending on what the subject matter is and how it how it hits people but what's interesting is you know probably 80 or 90 percent of people tend to be very positive and then there's a percentage that maybe disagree or have an alternative uh, viewpoint again it's not political so it, it, i don't charge people up that way but you know if some people don't disagree with you you're not doing anything you're not saying anything right so you've mentioned Uvalde uh, a couple of times. We've, we've had a pretty tough year already, 2022, still in the pandemic. We've had the war in Ukraine, Uvalde now, racism, all this. And, and you're bringing all of this into people's living rooms. What, what keeps you hopeful? What keeps your, your spirits up? Well, Patty, that's such a good question. You know, I am... And people who know me will tell you, I, I am a glass half full person. I'm a very optimistic person. And I believe things will work out, not always the way we plan, but they will work out and we will get through whatever challenges that we face. There's no choice but to move forward. And if we must always travel in hope, and that is what I always try to do, and that's how I try to report the news, there can be doom and gloom, but there's light coming and i you know it's it's that daily chocolate we, we have to <laughs> find those moments that uh make put us in touch with our humanity put us in touch with that sense of hope and positivity even when bad things happen yeah. and i've seen that time and time again uh, on stories that i've covered in person and covered uh, you know as an as an anchor and I just think that's so important and so healthy for us to try as best we can to look for the positive yeah. in, in almost every situation. Yeah, you're right. That's exactly what I'm trying to do with this podcast. So thanks for that plug. Um, <laughs> you bet. I, it's, you're, you're, you, your podcast is exactly my philosophy, Pat. I love in, it. In terms of, of finding the good in things. Yeah. So what do you tell folks? You know, I know. Some journalists and a lot of mainstream journalists have 
the reputation these days is almost equal with the politician, right? They're not trusted. And so people are tending to get their news online and um, and it might be more toward their political beliefs. So what they're getting is very skewed. What do you tell folks about how to find the balance or the the news that's trustworthy, that's factual? Well, another great and important question. And I think what I tell people is find various sources of news for your information. You can find something that you, you know, the one source that you tend to gravitate to or that you like, but make sure you look and read alternative viewpoints, Mm -hmm. alternative types of coverage. You know, as a reporter, I instinctively want to flip the coin over and look at the other side. And I think people have to do that. And I think it's, we have gotten into this weird uh, and, and destructive cycle of people wanting only the information that confirms their belief or what they want to know. And, and, uh, I think that's a really bad place to be because bad information will fall by its own weight. And, and, uh, what, what are we afraid of? If your point of view doesn't bear scrutiny, well, then you should know that. And a, and a thinking intelligent person should understand, you know what, there is another way to look at this, or maybe there are, there are no alternative facts. You know, we've gotten in, we got into this strange place where, you know, my facts, Patty, or you've got the wrong facts. I've got the right facts. Well, the facts are the facts. Right. You can interpret them differently, but, but uh, the facts are the facts. And not to be political, but our, our previous president uh, really pounded home the idea and coined the phrase and, and created the idea of fake news. And the problem right. with that is the problem, and that's not an anti-Trump statement, that's an anti-that statement statement, because the problem with that is if you dismiss everything you disagree with as fake news, we're in a real morass uh, in terms of, of dialogue in this country and understanding yeah. of what is really going on. If we can't even agree on basic facts, right? We're, how, we're, how do we solve problems? You know, if, right. if we, it just makes us even more divisive, even more divisive, even yeah. more divided. And it's just very unhealthy. So, you know, there may be uh, news outlets that, that tend to lean more left, tend to lean more right. And that's okay, but you have to understand that. So if you're a, right. if you're a, a Fox news person, that's fine, but just understand that there are different perspectives. Look for something else. If you're a, I'm just making it up at MSNBC or CNN person, mm-hmm. fine. But, but look and see what else is out there and compare and contrast. Right. And, and that's what, you know, the major news networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, certainly PBS, that's, that, that they're more middle of the road, kind of, you know, just the facts, ma'am, uh, type yeah. of storytelling for the most part. Yeah. The, the old Walter Cronkite type. Yeah, huh? exactly. Yeah. And I'm also, yeah. hey, I'm also a free speech person. So I'm for, hey, you know, whatever is out there. I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm talking about responsible kinds of things, not dangerous hate speech or anything else, but, but whatever's out there, that's fine. Whatever information, you know, you want to look at, it's fine. It's up to you, but, but be discerning makes, you know, be, be discerning, make smart choices about what you're listening to and listen to alternative uh, perspectives. We do that in other things, right? I mean, you go to buy a fridge and you're going to look at all the different options 
and see what's best. And why don't we do that with the news? Yeah, well, that's a great point. I you never know? thought of it that way. <laughs> you know, I know you're looking for, you've been you needed to replace your refrigerator, <laughs> Patty. You don't go in and tell the guy, you know, now, oh, that's fake refrigeration. I don't, I don't, right. I don't <laughs> trust Brand X. I'm, I'm only here to buy one. I don't believe that they, they can refrigerate. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's silly. You know, we well, are right. We don't do that. Yeah. It's, a, it's a product. It, it is. News is a product. Right. Yeah. And it's a sacred trust. So I know that, That's why I like doing yeah, this, you know. Absolutely. And you've been doing it a long time. So thank you for doing oh, that. Thank you. You have uh, interviewed presidents, world leaders, incredible celebrities. Is there either an interview or a good story that just really sticks with you? Gosh, that's another great question, Patty. I, you know, I've been so fortunate. I've done so many different uh, uh, varieties of types of uh, uh, interviews and and um, stories that I've covered. And my favorite thing in the world to do is to do what we're doing now, Patty, have a conversation. So I love have, doing interviews. In fact, uh, when I finish uh, talking with you, I'm, I'm interviewing uh, shortly a Holocaust survivor and uh, a, a rabbi. Yeah. And I love doing it. You know, I've interviewed, uh, I interviewed uh, President Obama at the White House, which was a terrific experience to go to the White House as a reporter and to interview a yeah. sitting president. Um, that was memorable because of who it was. But so many of the interviews that I've done uh, that are most memorable are not celebrities. There are plenty really? that are celebrities, but, but some of the most memorable, for example, a woman named Helen Brader. Uh, I'm sorry, Helen Farkas and Joe Farkas were Holocaust survivors that I interviewed in Poland at the death camps. And I went to Auschwitz and Birkenau and Treblinka and traveled with Holocaust survivors. Wow. And Linda Brader survived three years at Auschwitz. And to stand at Auschwitz with a woman who survived three years at Auschwitz with the numbers still tattooed on her arm. I'll never forget that. I'm I'm not Jewish, and you don't have to be Jewish to appreciate the power of those right. moments, but it was just such an incredible moment. We talked about Uvalde. I was the night of the Columbine massacre many years ago. I was in Littleton, Colorado. I got there to report for several days, and you know we were sort of dreading it because we knew it was going to be so gut-wrenching and emotional, which it was, but it was also such a personal and professional privilege to be there because when people who were so grief stricken and so shattered trusted you to tell their story, it is such to me a sacred thing and such an honor that they would trust us to tell their story. I'll never forget some of those interviews. I would think that would be the, one of the hardest things to do in, in the face of a tragedy like that. To be the reporter who puts the microphone oh, and, you know, just how are you feeling? Brutally I mean, hard. We don't, you know, I try not to do the, how are we feeling question? You know, I don't do that. Yeah. But, but yeah. nonetheless, you have to be sensitive and it, it's very deep. I had to tell yeah. one time, I, I had to tell a father in Charleston, South Carolina, that his son had just been killed by two Iraqi missiles hitting the <gasps> USS Stark. And wait, how did that fall to you? Well, because we had found out before he, he'd been officially notified notified and so i went to his house i didn't take a camera up to his door and anything like that we did it very sensitively but i had to break that news to him you know and, oh my and, goodness and i was probably i don't know 25 or 6 i was a young person and i remember uh this sounds like a patting myself on the back but 
I, I, I interviewed him. He, I said, you know, if obviously I'm so terribly sorry about this and to be the one to tell you, if you'd like to talk about your son, you know, we'll be over here. And we were in the street and he came to talk about his son. And we sent that interview that I did. ABC sent it to all the stations and the bureau chief for ABC news told my boss, that was the best interview and most sensitive interview under those circumstances I've ever seen. Wow. And when I was, I mean, I was 25, uh, Patty. So, uh, yeah. you know, I, I yeah. just kind of did it on instinct and, and you have to be in touch with, you know, your humanity. Don't, I, I was a reporter, right. but I'm a person first. Right. Right. Oh my goodness. That just gives me chills. Hey, it was something else. I, I've had so many of these <laughs> stories. I could tell you a dozen. I'll tell you a funny story if you wish. Just that's yeah. a light moment. I interviewed, and I don't remember what the reason was. I think it was her, her show starting, Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> and, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a starstruck person, and she was great. It was, it was, we, I went down to L.A., and I, I interviewed her at one of the theme parks. And so there were hundreds of people sitting around watching us, standing around. And I, when <laughs> they put us on director's chairs, you know, those ones with the cloth oh, yeah. thing. And we started interviewing her, and I started interviewing her. And my chair broke. The little cloth thing came undone. Oh. I just sort of <laughs> fell not to the ground, but you know, it, it broke, you know, and I had to stand up and they had to fix it. And you know, it was interesting in front of all those people. It was very telling. I thought about Rosie. She's a comedian. And so right. often they would turn that into a funny moment and start making fun of you, which would have been fine. I wouldn't mind it, but she did something that I thought was very telling. She said, Oh my God, thank, thank goodness that happened to you. If that happened to me, the tabloids would all be going, fat Rosie breaks a chair. <laughs> she flipped it around and made it about her to make me yeah, comfortable. It took the, took the attention off took of you. Took the attention off of me make, yeah. to make me comfortable. And I would have been fine either way. But I felt what that really, and I used it. I actually used yeah. that moment and when my chair broke because I thought that said something about what kind of person she was, which is always what you're trying to get at in an interview. Who right. are they really? Right. In addition to being broadcaster and an anchor. Um, you do a lot in the community. And I know part of that is expected as as part of your job, but um, you're involved with a, a number of nonprofits and giving your time and your talents as a, as a musician. What do you actually get from that? Uh, thank you for asking. You know, the good news is they don't really these days expect us, to, you know, they're pleased we do it, but they don't require us to do it. I do these things because I've been in such a privileged position to have a job I've always wanted to have. And it gives you a unique place in the community, which gives you a platform and gives you uh, the opportunity to uh, help and, and make a difference where you can. So I love doing it. I, you know, I, I get more out of it probably than I give, but I'm involved in a lot of charitable organizations. It is just a chance if you've been fortunate to to try to make a difference. One of the things I do is I host an annual charity concert that supports several uh, organizations that I support as a board member. Uh, Friends of Camp Concord, we send underserved kids to summer camp, all expenses paid at Lake Tahoe. In the 27 or eight years, I've hosted a golf tournament uh, for Friends of Camp Concord with Dave Goldman, the founder of Friends of Camp Concord. We've sent over 10,000 kids to summer camp, all expenses paid. Um, That's great. Quarter point is special advocate. Uh, which helps kids who've been removed yeah. re, uh, removed from their homes because of abuse and neglect. I'm on the board of that as well. And Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and uh, also Boys and Girls Club. So uh, our our 
organizations, my foundation, Rock the Casa, supports, and we produce an annual concert every year, rock concert, to raise money and awareness for these causes. And the last one we did in person, I did two virtual ones the last two years, was Rick Springfield. I remember. And yes. he was great. <laughs> and, but it was one week, Patty, before we locked out. Had had the concert yeah. been a week later, we wouldn't have been able to hold it. So we just squeaked into the That was one. lucky. Yeah, very lucky. Yeah. Somebody was watching that over you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I do that and I do a number of other things. And it's just, you know, talk about um, your daily chocolate. That's that's another example of those little sweet moments in your life, those little things that, that rejuvenate us, inspire us, motivate us, satisfy us. Uh, a yeah. positive thing to do uh, that makes a difference in other people's lives, but also makes you feel really good about the chance to help. Yeah. So in your mind today, what really matters? Wow. I would say what really matters today in this tense, challenging, divisive time is to remember, and it sounds like a cliche, but it's completely true. And I sing about it in that song, What Really Matters, that I wrote. What unites us is much stronger than what divides us. And that there is nothing wrong with our community or our country that can't be fixed by what is right by our community and our country. And we have to try to find ways to pull ourselves together, not rip ourselves apart. And if we do that, we will get through the challenges that we face, no matter what they are. Amen to that. Well, I will be sure to put uh, links to Rock the Casa and your band and your uh, social medias into our show notes. Um, and so appreciate the time that you've taken today. But before we leave, I've got a few rapid fire questions for okay. you. Are you ready? Thinking fast. All right. I know you're a golfer. What's your favorite golf course? Oh, my goodness. Um, there's a golf course called, believe it or not, Old Head in Ireland that I played a few years ago. And I'd never been to Ireland. And I thought at the time that may be my favorite golf course I've ever played. It was spectacular. Um, so I would have Maybe to say the scenery the or scen- the challenge the, or what? both, but yeah. the scenery was particularly exciting. I also like Torrey Pines uh, down in uh-huh. San Diego area. Uh, I thought that was yeah. a wonderful golf course. We played that with my best friend in the rain one time and we both played well. Oh, it's fun to find those great challenges, but it, it, it sometimes it's a challenge of the golf course. And, and sometimes it, what made it my favorite or one of my favorite golf courses was the day we had on that golf course. Yeah. You know, yeah. the company, the company, just the feeling you had out there. Um, good shots, good shots yeah. and, you know, and just good conversation <laughs> and maybe it's a beautiful day. And, uh, yeah. I used to play a lot yeah. of golf. I don't play as much as I, I want to, but I'll get back to it. We'll get out there. I mentioned your band and you have had the privilege of playing with a lot of great artists who is still on your wish list to play with. Oh my goodness. I have gotten to play with some, some uh, great people, uh, probably, and this will never happen, but Bruce Springsteen would be fun. Uh, the Rolling Stones, my favorite band of all time. Although I do have played with Chuck Lavelle, the keyboardist, who's a friend of mine, longtime keyboardist of the Rolling Stones. Um, okay. So probably I would say, those two. All right. And if you were not a broadcaster, what would you be doing? If I was not a broadcaster, what would I do? be doing? 
I'd love to be a singer if I could, you know, yeah. do that more. Well, you are that well, too. Well, I am, but if, right? I could, if I could actually yeah. do that all the time, I think that would be fun. Um, I don't know. I think I would, you know, I would, I'll tell you what I would love to do. I'd love to teach, like, at university level, huh. teach journalism and oh, communications. Okay. I've done that part-time, that. just, you know, here and there as a guest lecturer, but I, I think that's what I'd probably do. Yeah. So is there a habit or a skill that you picked up during the pandemic? These are great questions, Patty. Let's see. Um, <laughs> well, other than a lot of walking with my dog, I don't know that I've tried any new. I'm, I'm, I am good with my hands, hammer saw, building stuff. So I can do, I did a lot of projects during the pandemic. Uh, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I, I sort of did that before, but maybe I got a little better at it. I don't know. You didn't start making sourdough bread. No, like everybody or, uh... else. Uh, my, my stepson <laughs> did start making sourdough bread. I have to say, maybe that's terrible. Maybe that's, I haven't learned anything particularly new during the pandemic. I keep meaning to learn French yeah, and well, I haven't done that. Now that I think about it, you didn't have much of a pandemic, right? Because you were on the air regardless. Everybody else is staying at home, but you were continuing to do your job day in and day out, Well, right? that's my excuse. So, that's exactly it. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, went, I went in every day and I told them right from the beginning before anybody went home that, you know what, I'll go in, let everybody go home and I'll, I'll be happy to come in. I just felt like I wanted to be there. Uh, so yeah. from that perspective, uh, things didn't change that much for me because I went in my normal right. schedule every day. Yeah. And it was interesting when people started coming back, you know, it was a year and a half. I was one of the few people in the whole building, you know, other than, and, and one, all in the evening, the only anchor in the building. So when they, everybody started to come back, it's a big adjustment, right? For the people who work from yeah. home coming in now to the office. But for those of us who were there, you know, it was an adjustment to, hey, what are all these people doing in my TV station? Feeling crowded. But um, it was a great bonding experience, you know, as so many of those yeah. experiences are when, when we do things together. Um, but so from that perspective, you're right, Patty. I didn't have any more time at home. I yeah. hadn't thought about it that way. I had no more time at home than I did uh, before the pandemic, except so many of the events, the charitable things, the Saturday night fundraisers, the luncheons, the things all I did, canceled. all canceled, which was a nice change yeah. of pace for me because I was at home a little bit more uh, during those times. Yeah. All right. And because this is called your daily chocolate, what is your favorite chocolate? Well, I'm, I'm a milk chocolate person and I have to say C's candy. C's <laughs> candies. Uh, I, yeah. I just love, I almost always have a box of C's candies. Uh, somewhere around the house. Well, again, Dan, thank you so much for taking the time out to chat with me. I think your your spirit is infectious and uh, I love your hopeful nature and I wish you all the best. Patty, I'm so grateful and flattered that you have me on and I, I appreciate your uh, kind manner and your hopeful nature too. I think that is what makes life joyful, isn't it? You know, it really is. And, and we all all face challenges, but I think if we face them with a sense of optimism, it makes things so much better. Absolutely. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed talking to Dan. You know, Dan and I have crossed paths uh, over the past decade out in the community. We've both served on several of the same nonprofit boards together, and I always wanted to have an in-depth conversation with him like we had today. So thanks for listening. Hey, listen, coming up, Next week, I've got Amy Bouchotts. And though you might not know her name, I think you'll enjoy our conversation. She picked up her family and moved to the wilds of Alaska and now talks about the importance of getting outside. 
And no, I don't mean exercising, just getting outside. I think you're going to enjoy her. So tune in next week. If you like today, feel free to share it with your friends, comment on it. Uh, That's always appreciated. Have a great week.